Blog Talk Radio. This is Parkinson's Recovery, and I am Robert Rogers. If you were thinking about trying to find ways that you could get relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's disease, you are at the right place, and you are here at the right time. On the show today, we're going to introduce a method that many of you are likely to be unfamiliar with, and so you're going to get a play-by-play rehearsal and a description of exactly what Feldenkrais is all about. And I'm here to introduce a national and international expert, a person who is totally skilled and trained in everything there is to know about Feldenkrais, Irene Pasternak. Irene, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Tell us about yourself, Irene. Okay. Um, I thought I'd start by sharing a little bit of my story because I think it illustrates the power of the Feldenkrais Method. Back in the mid-1990s, I was a mother of two young children and the daughter of a mother who moved to the town I lived in with fairly severe Parkinson's and Lewy body dementia. And I was juggling a full-time job, my two kids taking care of my mom. And um, during that process, I learned a lot about Parkinson's, and I learned a lot about stress, and my back gave out. I had an injury where I herniated a disc and spent my days flat on my back. I could pour the kids their Cheerios, but I needed to rest before taking a shower. And during my recovery from my injury, I learned of the Feldenkrais Method and became a a student of it. And the exciting part of that journey was that first I learned how I could move differently so that I stopped causing myself to hurt my back and stopped causing myself to be in pain. And then I started widening my exploration. And I think this this is a critical part because when... You have an injury when you, I think at that point in time, I would have described myself as, hi, I'm a back injury with an Irene attached. And my life was closed down and constrained because of the injury. And once I started feeling better, I started then being able to live some of my dreams. I'd always wanted to ride the Seattle to Portland bicycle ride and my Feldenkrais practitioner helped me figure out what I was doing that was getting in my way of building my mileage, so I did that for the first time. I'd always wanted to dance. I started taking dance classes. And so my own journey came from the struggles of being a Parkinson's caregiver, mom, injured person, finding my own path out of pain and then into the dreams. And that is the core of the Feldenkrais method. It's a method of learning how to respond to your environment more effectively, learning how to learn, learning how to change habits of movement that are getting in your way. And it's equally effective for people with Parkinson's and people who don't have Parkinson's. It's it's a method that is used throughout the world by athletes, musicians, dancers, people in pain, um, young children, people with cerebral palsy, people recovering from strokes. 
So it's it's a there are practitioners all throughout the world who deliver the Feldenkrais method in two ways: in small group classes or in private sessions. So one of the one of the ways that I like to to think about what Feldenkrais offers is it offers you and your your body a sense of choice a choice in how you move, um, a choice in how you behave, and those choices lead to finding easier paths to do things, finding easier ways to get up out of your chair, finding easier ways if you are lying in bed, you have to pee, you have to get up, how do you roll out of the bed and get where you're going, how do you get in and out of your car, easier transitions so that you're ready for whatever your world has in store for you. I must confess I've been totally unaware of how I have moved my body since I woke up this morning. And I must also confess that I'm totally unaware and inattentive to how I am positioning my body in the present. I'm holding the phone in one hand. I'm in front of a computer screen. I'm sitting in my chair. As I understand it then, what you're saying is if I were to come up and visit your clinic in Seattle and get some lessons, I would actually be more attentive in the present to how I am sitting, how I am holding the phone, how I am positioning my body in this particular moment. Is that right? It's close, but not quite. Because if you had to be aware in every moment of everything you were doing, you would go nuts. Because our brains are not, that isn't the way the human nervous system is organized. We have habits of movement that are essential because we do so much in any one movement. Like you said, you're, you're sitting on a chair, you're talking on the phone, you're thinking, you're, you might be turning to get a cup of coffee. You can't consciously do all of those moves. But in the Feldenkrais lessons, we take a little slice out of life where we're quiet, we're attending to those movements, and then we have sequences of movements that help guide your body into a more organized way of doing it. And our nervous systems are so good at learning that once they find that easier way, they go, oh, cool, I have an easier way to do this. I don't need to do it the hard way anymore. And then it becomes easier. It's like when you're learning a bicycle, you have to break, uh, to ride a bicycle, you break it down into small steps and it takes a little bit, but then your body suddenly gets it. And once it gets it, it knows how to do that. And Almost becomes habit then, it sounds like. It becomes habit yeah. then. It becomes habit. And we help you learn more efficient habits so that your habit serves your goal. If your goal is to be able to get out of bed easily, is it, is, is, is it, is it to walk an extra mile, we'll help you find the habits that you need to do that easier. So I would tell you what goal I might have that I haven't been able to reach, and then you would help me be able to attain that. Yes, yes, that's exactly it. People come in here, and our first interview is not what hurts, let me see your x-ray, let me see your MRI, what medications are you on. We're not really so interested in that. We're interested in what are your dreams, what are your hobbies, what gives you joy in life, and then how can we help you learn how to do that with more ease. A lot of times people practice the hard way. You know, you go lift weights and you do it hard and sweat and it's painful. We're about helping you find the easy way to the goal. 
if I then came up to visit the clinic, I might, uh, after my consultation, get some individual sessions with either you or one of your practitioners, and or I might also attend group sessions. Is that understanding correct? Right. You, there, there's, I, I'd say there's actually three ways. You might work one-on-one with one of us. You might take a group class, or you might take a workshop on a specific topic. So, for example, we have workshops here on uh, falling asleep more easily. Um, we have a workshop on that we call Don't Make Me Laugh, which is about reducing uh, urinary incontinence. Uh, we have a workshop on walking in high heels, so how can you balance in your in your heels. And then I offer several specialty workshops for people with Parkinson's, one on smiling, how to keep facial mobility, one on swallowing, and one on projecting your voice. Uh, we have workshops on balance, on improving balance, because when when you're worried about falling, it's really hard to live other dreams when when you're when you're focused on just how can I move safely. So you'd come and do a workshop, you'd come and do a weekly class, or you'd come to a one-on-one session. And if if you'd like, what I can do is do a little small demonstration for anyone who, as as you're listening, and you'll get an experience of how much change can happen in a very short time. So does that sound good, Robert, to do that a That sounds short? absolutely awesome. Okay, everybody get ready <laughs> so you get to do yeah, something, yeah. not just sit oh. and listen. Yes. What I would like everyone to do is to be sitting and to come forward on your chair so that your feet reach the ground and that your feet feel firm on the ground. You want your ankles underneath your knees and the legs a little wider than your hips. Okay, so we're going to assume everybody is is sitting in this position. And I'd like you to look over one shoulder and see how far you can comfortably see. And just notice there's probably a spot on your wall, a picture, a light switch. Notice how far you can see when you look to the side. And then take a moment and look to the other side and see how far you can see on that side. And when you look on that side, make that mark on the wall in your mind. Okay, I can see to that little spot in my wallpaper or whatever. So that's your measurement. We're going to do a little exercise, and then you'll see how that changes. There are a couple things to know as you're going. There should be no pain in what I ask you to do. So if something hurts, move smaller. In our Feldenkrais lessons, we play with the beginning of movements, with how we initiate movement. And so we want to stay within the realm of comfort. And just as an example of that, I want everybody to lift your arm. And as you lift your arm, there's a moment where it's kind of it's easy. It's, it's like smooth butter as you lift. And then when you go a little higher, you get to an area where it just it feels like work to do it. I want you to play in this lesson in that area of smooth butter, of easy movement. So 
So if you had to reach the glass up on the shelf, you would reach it and find a way, but I don't want you to go that far in the lesson. Just stay right in, in the comfortable, small movements. And the way Feldenkrais works in our brain is by attending to the differences between how something feels on one side of our body and how it feels on the other, and then what we can do when we use our body one way and what we can do another way. So I want you to turn again to one side, and most people pick their easy side first. And just compare the ease on that easy side versus the harder side. All of us are lopsided, so everybody has one side that's easier. We're going to play. Why don't you pick a side? Pick a side that you would like to improve a little bit. Okay. So now take your arms straight out in front of yourself and put them palm to palm. So both arms are pointing in front of you. Lock your elbows and interlace your fingers. Okay, so you have this triangle from your shoulders going out through your elbows to your hands. And I want you to take that in a little circle as if it was a paintbrush and you were painting on the wall in front of you. A pretty circle in your favorite color. Then go the other way, paint a little circle so the hands are in front of you and circling. Now rest your arms. We take a lot of breaks in the Feldenkrais work so that our attention-paying ability gets to rest a little bit. And now turn to look over that side that you wanted to improve and see if you might be either looking a little further or just feeling a little bit more comfortable as you look over that shoulder. Okay, now take both arms and touch your opposite shoulder with each hand so you're crossing your arms in front of your chest. And your arms may be up on the shoulder, they may be on your opposite elbow, either one's fine. And take your whole chest and arms and take them a little bit toward the side that you want to improve. And as you do that, do that just enough. It's a very small movement. Don't go to as far as you can go. But notice if you feel something on your bottom on the chair. And if you feel one knee going forward and one knee going backward, just a little bit. So do this movement over again where you turn and you come back to the front and you turn and you come back to the front, just enough to feel, do your legs participate at all? And then rest. Now I'd like you to try a movement where the, on the side you're trying to improve, you take that leg and that knee, and imagine there was someone on the floor in front of you who was pushing gently on that knee, 
And by pushing on that knee, they push your thigh and your hip back a little bit. So on the side you're trying to improve, that whole thigh, knee, hip, slide back in your chair, maybe just a quarter inch, eighth of an inch, a hint of movement of that knee sliding back. And as that knee slides back, notice what happens to your other knee. So on the side you're trying to improve, when that knee goes back, pushing your hip back in your chair, your other knee comes forward just a little bit. Okay, rest for a moment. And now turn to look over that shoulder and see if you're turning just a little bit easier, seeing just a little bit further along the wall. Maybe your neck is a little bit more comfortable as you turn. Now, I want you to turn to look over that shoulder again, and you can do the movement with your knees that we were just exploring, where one knee comes a little forward, one knee goes a little back, and where you turn your whole shoulders as you're turning. So turn just to a spot where you're comfortable, and now with just your eyes, take your eyes a little bit left and a little bit right, so the eyes go back and forth in their sockets, like you were trying to look out of the corner of one eye and then the corner of the other eye. It's kind of a strange little movement. You might be able to feel a change in your weight on the chair as you do that. Our eyes are pretty powerful. Then come back to the front. And one more time. Turn and look over that shoulder and see how far you're looking now. Okay. One more little piece to this, which is sit with everything facing forward and turn just your shoulders to the side you're working on, but leave your head and your eyes looking straight ahead so you can pick a spot on the wall ahead of you while your shoulders turn under that. And turn your shoulders to the front again, and then turn your shoulders to the side, and go back and forth several times while your eyes stay forward. And now, once again, just let everything turn as you turn to look over your shoulder. And it's probably gotten significantly easier I'd be curious for those who are listening if you want to call in and share your experience from this literally five-minute exploration of our habits for how we look over our shoulder. Robert, that I'm curious what your experience was. That would be absolutely wonderful. You can call the following toll-free number and let us know how that worked for you, 877 877- Five nine zero zero seven three three, and let us know the difference that you actually experienced. I can report to everyone that I saw Irene Pasternak do this with a group of uh, seven or eight hundred individuals at the Hope Northwest Parkinson's Conference in November. So everybody went through a similar set of exercises, 
And at the end, she asked the question, how many of you were able to see farther and it was easier? Irene, I don't know that I have an accurate count, but I think almost everyone raised their hand when you asked that question. I think everyone. I was amazed. I was sitting. I was standing in the back of the room, and I looked, and I thought, "Is anyone not raising their hand?" And I didn't see anyone. So it's yes, quite a remarkable have, have change. Second, it's remarkable. We have the second question there: of Did you notice a change in the person who you came to the conference with? Because most people come to that conference with a friend or a caregiver or um, a relative, and Everybody raised their hands with, yes, I saw a difference in my person who I came with as as well. So we have habits of movement. One of the habits that we tend to have is a habit that we move just a little part of ourselves. When we start this lesson, most people move just in their neck, and sometimes that hurts when they move just in their neck, and it's very limited. And in this lesson, we started at the top getting more and more parts of your spine involved in the moving, getting your hip joints involved in this movement, and we can take it further getting it into our feet and legs into the to the movement. But by using the whole body to make a movement, then there's a tremendously bigger range of motion possible. This little lesson can make a huge difference next time you are driving and you need to merge. When you have left your purse on the counter and you can't find find it again, um, it helps your eyes be able to scan left and right to be able to find what you're looking for. One of the things that I find particularly a challenge with people with Parkinson's is that the mobility of the eyes decreases and and the head and neck and trunk become more like one unit and people will turn as a whole being rather than parts of them moving in this beautiful organized sequence in order to move. And the Feldenkrais lessons help you reorganize so that you can get the sequence of your whole body helping in each movement. One, going back to the HOPE conference, one of the most fascinating presentations there was Dr. J. Albert from the Cleveland Clinic talking about forced exercise being even more effective than uh, regular exercise for people with Parkinson's. In fact, having it be neuroprotective and helping um, other symptoms of Parkinson's like handwriting size, unrelated to what people were doing for exercise, which was bicycling. And the the sequencing of movements is one of the things that can get lost as the dopamine supplies go down. But it is relearnable when you are being guided through these routines that that explore the different possibilities in your body. And the nervous system can find new pathways to organize to hold on to the pattern again once it's once it's been learned again. We have several questions from Norm which have been asked in the Parkinson's Recovery chat room. 
What is the difference between the Feldenkrais therapy and some of the others pertaining to Parkinson's disease, such as the PSVT big program? Well, I don't know what the PSVT program is, so I'm not going to be able to talk to that difference unless we can get a little bit of an explanation of what it is. But the the core of what's unique about Feldenkrais is that it is about harnessing the power of the nervous system to learn how to learn. We're reminding you how you learned when you were a child and you were learning to walk for the first time, learning to balance on one foot for the first time, with that same sense of discovery. So it it isn't so much I'm teaching you the right way to move. In fact, it isn't that at all. My job is to help you discover in your own body, oh, wow, when I do it that way, look at that, it feels better. And then you choose to do it that way. So it's a we don't consider ourselves therapists or doing therapy. We consider ourselves educators and partners in, in an exploration of how to how to have more choices to get you where you want to go. So it's definitely, Feldenkrais is not aerobic exercise. It's not stretching. Um, it's not strength building. What it is, it's reorganizing your nervous system so that you can do more of the things that you love to do. Norm also asks, I know there have been studies going on concerning Tai Chi and Parkinson's disease, which many people claim to be very helpful. Have there been any studies concerning the advantages of the Feldenkrais method relating to Parkinson's disease? To my knowledge, there have not been studies directly on Feldenkrais and Parkinson's. I hope to remedy that situation within the next year. That's my my current dream is because I'm finding that it is so effective with my clients. I want to get the research done so that it's out there. Oh, that's great. We can recruit subjects through the radio show, Irene. So let me know when you're ready to kick that off. I'm particularly particularly interested in um, doing a study related to balance and falling, and then one related to speech, swallowing, and smiling, the, the those three areas. But the kinds of things that my clients come in with are as varied as, as, as the human being, whether it's someone who is trying to maintain her ability to knit to another person who is trying uh, – he he likes to climb ladders, paint his house, do yard work, and trying to maintain that ability. Um, so wide variety of functions that we work on with Feldenkrais. You can really come in with any skill, any anything that a human being does, and, and we can help you learn how to learn with respect to that so that you can keep improving with it. If you'd like to be able to ask Irene a question or talk with her, you can call toll-free right now, and that number is 877-590-0733. Once you connect in to the radio program show, you just click 1 on your dial pad, and that will signal to me that you'd like to be able to connect with her. Is this useful for early or later stage Parkinson's? 
it is useful for any stage, and the kinds of issues people come in with are different depending on the level of their symptoms. I have one person who I've worked with who uh, one of his challenges is he's in a wheelchair and he falls out of his wheelchair. And how can he be more stable in that wheelchair so that he doesn't fall out because it hurts when it falls? Um, I have other people who are more interested in their walking so that they can increase their range from four miles to, to, to five. Or um, So I work with one person who has trouble keeping her eyelids open and and consciously being able to open her eyelids. They close on their own accord and then just use her fingers. And helping um, reorganize the face so that her eyelids continue to work. So really any 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 person with Parkinson's, any person without Parkinson's can benefit from the Feldenkrais. Does this replace the need for medications? No, no. I, I would say that we are a tool for extending your ability to do the things you love for as long as possible. And that the need for medications with, with, with Parkinson's, um, I haven't seen that change with people who are doing Feldenkrais or or not. But it's a... So I, I think of it as, a, as an adjunct to your core treatment from your neurologist. Why have I never heard of Feldenkrais? Uh, it's an, it's a, it, it, Feldenkrais has an interesting history. It was, it was started by a man named Moshe Feldenkrais, who was an Israeli physicist and judo and martial arts expert. He started applying what he knew from those disciplines to healing after an injury he had playing soccer where he blew out his knees and needed a way to basically be able to keep walking. And so he developed the method in Israel in the 1950s and 60s, started teaching in the United States in the 1970s predominantly, and then he passed away in the early 80s. So in the 70s and 80s, he started teaching trainers so that they could then go out and teach other people the, the, the Feldenkrais method. So it's relatively new as far as uh, methodologies go. I mean, you compare that to the history of yoga. Yoga's been around for just a, a few more years than, than Feldenkrais has. And in the United States, it isn't covered by most medical insurance. It is in Israel, it is in Germany, but not here in the United States. And so that um, limits it to, to, to some extent. Um, and it's been becoming more and more known, and there are pockets where it's well-known. There are in, in actors, uh, um, athletes, musicians, people who whose live, livelihoods depend on their ability to perform have often discovered Feldenkrais. And it is spreading all the time. More practitioners being trained each year, and there are trainings going on all over the, the country. Several minutes ago, Norm wrote a question. Could you please uh, talk about the difference between the Feldenkrais therapy 
and uh, the PSBT big program. And you indicated, well, if you knew a little bit more about exactly what that was, you'd be happy to uh, respond. And Norm has written back an explanation. The LSV, the LSVT big also has one primary focus, amplitude. It asks those following the program to move big and pushes those with Parkinson's to use whole body movement. It encourages the biggest range of motion that can be performed. So his question is, how does Feldenkrais differ or contrast or overlapped with the LSVT big approach? Okay. Well, it, that sounds fascinating to me. And, and we're getting at the same issue from different perspectives in that it sounds like the – is it LSVT or PSVT? LSVT big is okay. uh, what he writes here in the chat room. Big. Um, it sounds like its focus is on getting the whole body involved by making bigger motions. Feldenkrais, tend, we tend to work – with the beginning and the initiation of the of the movements, although we do in our lessons take that all the way into the motions, say from lying down to sitting up, um, transitions from from state to state, with the goal of getting the whole body organized to work together efficiently. And there are many ways of training the nervous system. So it sounds like a different approach that that is working using some of the same mechanisms it's the same human body inside of how do we learn how to use our whole self how do we balance tension um uh, so anyhow i since i since i don't know very much about that i don't really want to say more because i would misrepresent them if i tried to talk about what they're doing but from the the feldenkrais side let me say a little bit more about how the feldenkrais work uh works and one way to think about it is that we use our bones to hold us up. So you have bones and muscles. And in the Feldenkrais way of thinking about it, the bones are for holding you up, uh, dealing with gravity, and the muscles are for moving your body. And if you have excess tension in your muscles, then you're wasting a lot of energy. So if you think about your bicep, the, the muscle that you use to bring your arm up toward your shoulder, that muscle, that closes the elbow joint, and then the muscles in the back of the arm open the elbow joint. If one of those is always tense, then when you want to go the other way, there's extra work involved. And the Feldenkrais method works on balancing the tension on the front and back side of every muscle pair so that you're free to move when you want to move. When the phone rings, you can quickly turn around and reach over to to, to do that. Um we use we use techniques of moving things the opposite way that you're you're used to. So, in the lesson that we did on turning, we played with holding the head still and turning the body under the head. Oftentimes, when you move a body part from its opposite way that it's used to, it discovers, oh, I have more range than I thought I did. And then when you go back to doing it the way you're used to doing it, there's that little bit more range and flexibility. The Feldenkrais method is 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 so powerful because we're teaching you how to learn, how to learn. So it isn't just okay now you can stand up easier or now you can walk easier, but it's 
the next time you have a freezing episode, you know how to think through what you might do in order to get unstuck and unfrozen. Or the next new symptom that develops, you have some ideas of how to play with that one to work around or um, peel it back. I had the privilege of seeing you not only give your presentation but move uh, just about a month ago. It didn't look to me, Irene, as though you were having any back pain or back problems. Am I right about that? Am I guessing correctly? Yeah, it it, it took it took it took a while um, doing the Feldenkrais first to get out of pain, and then to stop thinking of myself as someone with back pain and stop protecting myself. But gradually, I got out of pain. Tried picking up some of my old hobbies like backpacking. Found out, oh look, I can do this again. Started doing new things, and one of the most exciting things, and I think the thing that motivates me personally is that I'm 52 now, my range of motion, my mobility, my ability to do things is so much more than it was even when I was 30. Uh, So that it has been for me a way to reverse the aging, shrinking of possibilities and be more of an opening. So I, I now teach roller skating and I teach dancing and I do a lot of gardening, and I can do those things because I've learned how to listen to my own body to find the easy path for each of those things and to find my connection with the ground and my stability so that I can do more extreme motions without hurting myself. And it's, it's been exciting working with clients, seeing them get out of pain, and then start living the dreams. I have I have one client who's, who's uh, had a, a stroke 10 years ago, the whole left side paralyzed, not able to walk, gone through quite a recovery process before I ever met with her, but getting to the point where she's able to ice skate and ride a bicycle. Very exciting to to have that capabilities just gradually coming back online. Now, each few months we work together, there's something else that, that gets easier and more graceful. And to be able to offer that kind of, of, of hope to people, and, and some of my clients with Parkinson's who were going from falling daily to maybe falling once a week or falling once a month, you know, but reducing the frequency so that they can live a little easier. You know, it's, it's very delightful work to do because you're all the time working with people who are improving. And I think that's the other reason that I'm I'm passionate about doing it, working with people with Parkinson's, is that with a, a chronic condition where you're constantly feeling like little chunks of yourself are being nibbled away, to have a way for some of those chunks to begin, uh, some, some areas where you're feeling like you're getting better at at X, you know, whatever the X is that you're, that you're working toward. It's... Um, and it has an emotional impact on people as well. One of my uh, a friend who does a lot of Feldenkrais work who is alcoholic describes it as in his life before Feldenkrais, he would come up to a brick wall, some emotional, you know, something in life would happen, and there was this wall in front of him, and what he knew how to do was, was drink. And he said after the Feldenkrais, 
he looks a little left, he looks a little right, and then he takes a step. And all of a sudden, there's a path away from the brick wall. And <sighs> it's a pretty powerful image. And you learn that through this process of learning the movements, but the movements are not the core. The the, the core is, is the beginning to have a sense of choice in each moment. Irene, you mentioned earlier that this is offered through group classes, private lessons, and workshops. Can you tell us more about exactly how that works out in practice? Sure. So let's talk about the uh, the group. Okay, sorry. Let me start with the private sessions, how a private session works. A private session works, a client comes in, um, they meet with their practitioner. A practice room usually has a low a table on it and a chair, and you sit and talk for a few minutes, and the practitioner will ask you to walk and move to watch your patterns. And then usually you lie down. Um, it's fully clothed, so it's not like massaged that way. And your practitioner will gently help you explore possible ways to move. And um, each session has a theme that, as a client, you bring in, I want to work on, on this and your practitioner is helping you find easier paths to do that. And then at the end, when you stand up, you'll try doing whatever the activity is and, 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 and seeing how you can do it differently and more efficiently now. In a class, classes are taught in a variety of ways, and it depends on the setting. Some classes are taught where everybody is sitting in a chair, and a lot of balance-related classes are done in a chair, Participants might stand up behind their chair holding on as they're exploring different balance ideas. Some classes are taught lying down on mats, but all practitioners are trained in being able to adapt. So I did my, I remember doing my first class and I was all excited. Uh, I was doing a chair class because I thought that would be easy. Everybody would be able to do it. I had a woman who walked in who had hurt her pelvis recently and she couldn't sit on a chair so I had to adapt it for her to lie on the floor while the other students were sitting. So practitioners can cope with the variety of abilities that people have. Um, in in this show I did just a little five minute lesson. Uh, usually lessons go for about 45 minutes and you are playing and exploring in yourself and continuing to be guided into finding new and more efficient ways to do the movement. So lessons range on things from transitioning from lying on your back to side-sitting or side-sitting to getting up on your knees. So those kind of classes can be particularly helpful for people who are afraid of, if I fall on the floor, how can I even get to the telephone? Um, the And the classes... so. When there's a class series, the classes are every week. There's often some kind of theme to them. And then the workshops are usually either two evenings or an all-day workshop, sometimes a, a couple-day workshop with a focus where you're trying to improve specific motions. So there might be a, a workshop for people who lift weights for how to, how to bench press that weight the right way or a, a way that works for them or a, a, a workshop in... Um, Traveling ease. How do you how do you stay comfortable when you've got a long car journey, a long plane flight, uh, 
you want to get to the grandchildren and still be able to move and have energy when you get off that train or whatever. So, so the workshops are usually like 45 minutes of of uh, practice, uh, a, a class session, and then 10 or 15 minutes of lecture or talking, and then back to more movement. Norm has written a further explanation for your benefit and mine both about LSVT big. He writes that it uses the same idea of exaggeration, asking uh, PT participants to make exaggerated motions. In a big session, the patient mimics or mirrors the therapist through a series of stepping or rocking movements while in a lounge position. That, that sounds that sounds interesting. It would be wonderful if you could get someone from who's trained on that on the radio show, so that we could have a a real education session on it. It would be, and maybe we can get both you and them together, and uh, you can both talk about what you do, how they contrast and compare to one another. What symptoms can they, Feldenkrais help with? And I've got a a list in mind to ask you about. And the first on the list is balance. Balance, balance is core. So absolutely, we can help work with um, balance. Whether again, whether it's balance sitting in a wheelchair, balance standing up. You're getting used to using a walker and trying to use a walker safely, and and or you're you're wanting to work on the ladder painting your house. So yes, balance is definitely something that Feldenkrais can help with. How about and, falling? And the question. Just, just a sec. The question someone else asked before about is there research? There has been quite a bit of research done on balance and Feldenkrais, um, showing that it can make major progress in people's um, balance using a bunch of uh, indicators of how how long they can stand on one foot and uh, the amount of muscle movement when you're when you're balancing, as well as self reports of um, falls and uh, and increase comfort with balance. Yeah, that question was specifically, what about research that uses individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's as research subjects? And the answer was, well, no, but you're going to be doing some research yourself. But what you're also saying and clarifying is, well, there's a lot of research on Feldenkrais. (laughs) So, And uh, a lot of that is apparently directed toward the issues of balance. What about the symptom of falling? Falling and balance are pretty much two sides of the, the the same issue. When I work with people to help them find their sit bones on the chair, their feet on the floor, and how to transfer their weight from side to side, that Once that sensation comes more clearly to a person, they are able to move in a way where they can get their pelvis over their feet. And once the pelvis is over the feet, then you are less likely to fall. So there's a a slowness of movement that can happen with Parkinson's, and so the precision of it has to be even better to prevent the fall. The physics of balance, balance is all about counting
counterbalance. For one part of you to reach out, say, like you want to pick those raspberries, some other part of you has to move back. And helping people really understand that counterbalance helps them stay out of situations that cause a fall. Next on my list is freezing. Freezing, freezing is, is an interesting challenge, and there are many techniques that, that people with Parkinson's have found to over, overcome it. Some of the ones that I've found particularly helpful are the making it easier for people to transfer their weight all the way to one side of their body and all the way to the other side, so one sit bone to the other, one foot to the other. Partly, freezing happens when your weight is distributed between both legs. You you can't pick one up because you're right in the middle. So in order to walk, our bodies need to be able to get all the weight over one foot so that the other foot is free to move. So getting those pathways in the body easier and more comfortable so that you... Um, it's easier to then consciously do some of the techniques that work of whether it's swinging your arms or um, uh, imagine throwing something through the doorway. Those techniques become easier once your body responds a little quicker to your command to get over onto that left leg so I can get this right leg free. But with each person who has an issue with freezing, we play with it, and the solutions are not always the same because each, each person has different different challenges. Can Feldenkrais help with facial rigidity? Yes. One of the things that is lovely, there, there's several several things that I do when, when someone comes in with an issue of um, I'm, I'm not being able to smile as well as I used to. My social interactions are suffering because my, my partner can't read my face. Um, so one of them is working on upper body uh, mobility in the top of the spine because when our bodies start rounding and hunching over where the where the back stays rounded it's harder to move some of the the facial muscles and so we play with how can you do little movements in your pelvis and how you're sitting that lifts your sternum your chest your face and when you do that in conjunction with smiling then the smile happens easier. And then we wake up the pathways in the face and the facial muscles and reducing that excess tension. And the result is I've, I've done workshops where I've taken pictures of people before and after, and you can see the difference in how their face looks and moves as a result of, of, of the workshop. What about the challenge of again, eyelids that... Uh, eyelids, um, same, same, same as with the the smiling. Very, very similar uh, play that we do with the all the little muscles in the face and in the scalp, and uh, in timing an eyelid opening with a little movement of the head on the on the skull, uh, the the head balanced on the spine. How about the problem of a quiet voice? 
there are several components of vocal production, of, of making a sound and making a sound louder, and they have to do with our breathing, the way our ribs are organized, our chest, the way our tongue and throat and lips uh, and and how we organize to get the air in and out of our of our body. So there are quite a few lessons that are very helpful for improving speech volume. And again, you can take a recording of someone before the lesson and a recording afterwards and really hear the, the difference in the resonance of the voice. So instead of the, the speaking where the air doesn't resonate and you just hear this very quiet voice, you hear that full-throated voice out again. Many people tell me about challenges they have with turning over in bed. Is there hope with Feldenkrais with that problem, too? Yes. Yes. Uh, we're really working on helping you be able to get from any one state to any other state um, that you're in. And turning over in bed is a learnable skill. And the more precise the movements are, the easier it gets for doing, and so that's something that I've definitely been able to help people with. How about swallowing problems? Swallowing is a little bit more challenging of an issue. It's uh, it's I've helped people make progress with it. Um, I don't think I think there's anyway. I don't have as much experience working with people with swallowing issues. With the people who I have worked with, people have reduced the amount of time. Sometimes people will say it takes them several minutes after they chew a bite until the food completely dissolves and then is able to kind of trickle down to where they can more swallow on demand. Um, and playing with the connection of all the muscles and, and body organization related to swallowing has a lot to do with your balance as you're sitting. And so we work on getting the whole body to participate in that swallow. And the result is, is usually more comfort in swallowing, which is also helpful if, if you have the, the excess saliva challenge. And so what about that, excess saliva? We can help make it a little easier to swallow, give you a little bit more sense of control back with your tongue and your throat, so can't stop it from being produced, but help get it down. What's fascinating to me about your explanation, Irene, is that people who have these challenges oftentimes are probably thinking that the solution rests right where the problem lies. For example, if there's freezing in the face, that there's something has to happen with the face. But what you're explaining is, no, this is a whole body issue. So you're going down to the pelvis and other areas to be able to balance them right. out, and that's what's Someone making a huge in, difference. We rarely go to the first to the part that they say hurts, because when one part hurts, it's usually because some part above that or below that isn't doing its job. So if the knee hurts, it might be because the ankle's not doing its job or the hip or the middle of the back isn't being able to to have the flexibility it needs, so you put extra shearing force on the knee when you're walking. So if we get your chest moving smoothly again, then you're able to transfer weight better foot to foot, 
you don't put that sideways force on the knee and the inflammation goes down and it starts to feel better. I also like trying Feldenkrais if I hurt myself. So it's like I'm a, I'm a skater, which is a hobby I took up in my, my mid-40s. And if I fall when I skate and I come in and have a Feldenkrais session, I'm usually, I seem to heal about twice as fast as when I don't come in because whatever I've jammed, my practitioner can help me figure out how to get the movement going through my body smoothly again and then I, I don't get stuck in the pattern of the injury with the protection that, that our bodies do when it when they're hurt. There are some therapies uh, that are recommended to be done for an entire lifetime, in fact, every day. How long would an individual need to do the Feldenkrais work? Is this a lifetime activity? It depends on what your goals are. Some people come in and they say, my wrist hurts, fix my wrist. And we work with them for a few sessions and get their arm integrated with their body in a way that they're not continuing to re-injure their wrist. They're happy, they go on their way. There are others um, who come in with an injury. I'll use myself as the example. You come in with a back injury, my back starts feeling better, but then you can help me with my dreams. You can help me learn how to skate. You can help me bicycle further. You could help me with my dancing. And people, the continuous learners in life, find it something that they can do on an ongoing basis to help them learn. Um, so it really it really varies with your, your situation in life. Moshe Feldenkrais said, you know, every human being on the planet should have one lesson for every year that uh, he or she has been alive. And... But, again, it, it depends on, on what your dreams are. Sometimes people ask, why, why aren't we covered by insurance? And uh, insurance is about getting you back to where you were, and Feldenkrais is about getting you towards your dreams. And that's a choice each person gets to, to make of how much they want to invest and, and uh I think that the people who invest in more time with Feldenkrais get more value over the, the long term. But there are many people who come for a short amount of time to deal with one or two or, or, or a small group of immediate challenges. And in the process, they learn a different way of approaching things. So uh, one client who says, you know, he, came, he, he did 20 sessions and then hasn't been back, and he says he uses it every day. He's always thinking whenever he freezes, he thinks back to some of the movements that we we do, and that helps him get unstuck. Or if he's sitting in the car waiting for somebody and, and his body is stiffening in that way that it, it does, he reminds himself of some of the, the movements from a lesson, and then all of a sudden he's moving easier again. So you you learn the things that you can do in your day-to-day -day life to to keep learning. You learn to be more sensitive so that you notice, you know, I'm sitting in a funny way right now and my back's hurting. Maybe if I change how I'm sitting, I can make my back feel better. It stops feeling like your body is doing something to you or like, and, and you feel like you have the knowledge to think about what you're doing and sense what you're doing and make a decision to do it differently. 
Do you have a question for Irene Pasternak? If so, you can call toll-free 877-590-0733, and she'd be delighted to answer whatever question or concerns you might have. In October of this year, Parkinson's Recovery launched a monthly publication of the new Parkinson's Recovery magazine. There have now been two issues of the magazine released, one in October, one in November, and the December version of the magazine will be released in just one week. If you'd like to be able to grab either of the previous issues, you can visit our main website, www.parkinsonsrecovery.com. You'll notice up at the top there's a simple menu item that says Resources. Click on that, and you'll see there's a picture of a cover of a magazine that you can then click on and get the two downloads of the PDFs of those two magazines. If you'd like to be able to get the December magazine, I'll be happy to send that to you in an email. But you have to sign up to receive the new newsletter, which, of course, is also free. And you'll be able to sign up for that if you go to the main page. And you'll see there's a place on the main page where you can enter your email address. When I actually finalize and then release the December issue, I'll be happy to send an attachment of that to you in your email. Irene, is there anyone that Feldenkrais is not appropriate for? I don't think there's anyone who it is not appropriate for. I know I've worked with babies on up to people in hospice, um, and it's been helpful at, 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 at all ends. Um, I think there are people who will do better with one-on-one -on -one sessions than they will in a group class Uh Sometimes if, if you have more severe symptoms or have uh, challenges with dementia, one-on-one -on -one work is more effective than the group classes. But I think it's, it's a useful, use, useful tool for, for anyone. And I wanted to let everyone know that if you want to find a practitioner in your area, that if you go to feldenkrais.com website, you can type in your zip code, and it will give you a list of practitioners who are nearby. So that is the best source of, of finding someone in your community. It probably would help the, if you spell that website for people, Irene. F-E-L-D-E-N-K-R-A-I-S dot com. If you're listening to this radio show, you probably have the description of it there on, on the link. And there's a link right in the description to my website, and I have the information with a link to this website. But the Feldenkrais.com rhymes with paradise. If you're Sometimes people go away for a day and they go, how did you pronounce that funny word? <laughs> they say Feldenkrais's last name rhymes with paradise. Is this exercise? No, no, it's um it's a way of of learning how to move, learning how to be in the world where you make can make choices to get what you want. And by taking that time out to step back and do that learning, then you'll find it easier to do your favorite kinds of exercise, but it is not exercise. 
Is it like yoga? Feldenkrais is uh, playing with the the same body that yoga is playing with, but it's 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 very different. Some of the goals are the same, and yoga can also be very helpful at working with balance and range of, of movement. But they are they're quite different in methodology. So to be clear, I also want to ask for everybody listening, is Feldenkrais specifically for individuals who happen to currently be experiencing the symptoms of Parkinson's? No. Feldenkrais is useful for anyone. And some of the people who could benefit from it are caregivers of people with Parkinson's. It's a lovely way to reduce stress um, and to help you if you are having to do physical caregiving, helping people with transfers, uh, at learning how to use your body efficiently so you don't hurt yourself in the process of caregiving. It's useful for improving any kind of human functioning. So that 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 means anybody. I'm getting the opportunity to ask Irene Pasternak all of my questions, but if you'd like to ask her questions, you can call our toll-free number, and that's 877-590-0733. Once you connect in, punch the number one, and I'll be happy to connect you into our program live. What is the science behind Feldenkrais? The science behind Feldenkrais is has several parts. One is physics, just the the plain mechanics of motion that counterbalance is essential for balance that when you're balancing some part of your weights on one side, one side's on the other side. And the other is in the neurophysiology of how our nervous systems work that I wouldn't, well, so our brains are plastic. They're, they're, they're able to learn, and that's the core in what Feldenkrais is doing, is helping you tap in to that neuroplasticity in your brain. So you can, one, one way I like to look at this, you have your motor cortex that communicates with your muscles, and you have your sensory cortex that receives feedback from your sensory nerves. And there's a mapping of nerves and muscles to these maps in our brain. And when those patterns have been mapped, which was done in the the mid-1900s, the pattern that you see is the map has big hands, big face, big feet, smaller torso. uh, And with Feldenkrais, what we're doing is increasing the ability of those maps to sense what our body is doing and to control what our body is doing. So if I use a, a computer analogy, we're building the bandwidth between the control centers in our brain and the peripheral muscles, nerves, and, and the muscles and nerves. What is the research behind this? There has been a variety of research done, and the research so far has all been of the 
case study and small populations of people, whether they are getting benefits on the particular set of challenges that they go in with. So there have been research studies that show Feldenkrais is effective at increasing the length of people's hamstrings. There's been research that shows it, it can prevent falls. Um, so on, on specific, that kind of thing. I don't know of any MRI research showing what's actually happening in the brain during Feldenkrais. That's another dream is to, to get that kind of research going. Area code 724. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. Uh, my question is, this is a very informative, and I will vouch for the fact that without exercise, uh, our bodies with Parkinson's uh, will fail us. We must keep them from becoming rigid. But um, I have a question whether or not there's anything specific that you may do to help eliminate or um, uh, kind of solve the problem with dystonia, like my my hands or my feet uh, kind of um, uh, become looking very weird and my fingers, my toes go in strange directions and freeze up like that. It's quite painful, and sometimes it leaves quickly. Sometimes it lasts for quite a while. So... I would like to know if there's anything I might do about that. I'm I'm thinking, and it, it's um, the, the people who I have worked with have found that the more their body is connected with the floor and movements go through them, that they can kind of interrupt the pattern as it's going. So that's that's where I would start if I was working with you is getting those parts of your body working as efficiently as they can so that they cope with it better um if that if that makes sense but it doesn't directly impact the dystonia so oh. yeah and and, and that's But it might it would be worth a try to, to 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 see, but that I have not had experience um yeah, you know because when it, whenever it begins to happen and you try to kind of relax it and move it, it just still continues to uh curl up and get in that position, and you can't release it until it's ready uh at night when it happens. Uh, with my feet uh, and ankle area, if I wrap it in a warm washcloth, it will release. But, you know, if you're out driving a car uh, and these it's things happen, it's hard to get the warm washcloth. It's very difficult and you don't know what to do. Uh, fortunately, it has never happened in both hands or both feet at the same time. I think what you would get from playing with Feldenkrais would be even more creativity at looking for what makes a difference. And it sounds like you're already doing a lot of experimenting of, you know, does, does breathing differently help? Can I 
consciously relax myself, will that help? Does a warm washcloth help? And Mm -hmm. continuing to experiment and see if there are some things that trigger it, whether there is it, it, well, is it medication timing related is always the, the first kind of question, but is there anxiety or tension related that you could then maybe work on the underneath mm-hmm. to it. But you don't know of any exercises that might help uh, prevent it from happening. I don't. Okay. Well, I thank you very much, and I'll continue listening. Thank you. Hey, thanks for calling in. Wonderful. You're welcome. Thank you so Goodbye. much for calling in. You're welcome. Goodbye. Bye. So, Irene, I believe you've answered this question before, but I'm going to ask it to you one more time to make sure people understand. Is Feldenkrais covered by insurance? It is covered by some insurance policies. So if you have a policy that has – some policies will have 24 alternative health visits a year that if they're prescribed by a doctor, they're covered. So – for example, uh, the Transportation Safety Administration, the, the employees there have a health policy that covers uh, those 24 visits, and Feldenkrais can be one of the things applied to with that. People often get it covered through personal injury protection, uh, the PIP program if, if you've been in a car accident or um, some kind of accident, that kind of accident insurance will cover there are some physical therapists who are also Feldenkrais practitioners, and they there are some um, they can do a combination of physical therapy and Feldenkrais that can be covered. If you have a question for Irene, you can call our toll free number. It's eight seven seven five nine zero zero seven three three. Once you connect in, you're going to have to also punch the number one. That alerts me to the fact you'd like to be able to connect with her and ask her your question. People from the show listen from all over the world. So if somebody, for example, is listening from Alabama, they're probably going to wonder, well, how do I find it where I live? What's the answer to that? Go to the Feldenkrais Guild website www.feldenkrais.com and there is a link to find a practitioner in classes. Click that link, type in your zip code, and you will find practitioners and classes near you. There are also websites on the Internet that have free lessons on them and you can search for Feldenkrais in your favorite search engine and see what pops up because there there are wonderful many hundreds of hour-long lessons that you can listen to on your computer and get a little bit more of a taste of what this Feldenkrais is about. Can people from Canada find practitioners? And what about Mexico or Italy or France? Is this a worldwide or global kind of a presence? This is a worldwide. uh, And I'm just going to fire up my computer here to make sure I know the right website. There's an International Feldenkrais Federation. And if you use your search engine and you type in Feldenkrais and your country and your city name, something will pop up. 
because there are practitioners all over the world. It's, it's very big in uh, Australia and um, throughout Europe. Remind people, Irene, what your website is. My website is mindmoves.com. So M-I-N-D-M-O-V-E-S dot com. And I have information on my website about workshops specifically for people with Parkinson's. And I will be, over the next few months, adding some free lessons there on smiling and swallowing and speech volume specifically for people with Parkinson's symptoms. So watch that over time because there will be more content coming. So this will be on the website that will actually be included. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's totally There are cool. also books about Feldenkrais that are available through whatever your favorite bookstore is. There are Moshe Feldenkrais himself wrote several books, and then there have been books. There are a variety of books available. So browse, take a look. Because that, if if you're looking for an inexpensive way to explore what what is this, how can it help me, that's a great place to start. How can people get in touch with you? The contact information is there on my website, so they could email or call me from there. I'm in Bellevue, Washington, so our office we have eight practitioners here at the Mind Moves Feldenkrais Institute, and. We serve the greater Puget Sound area in Washington State. You have many, I know, clients who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's. What's been your experience in working with those individuals? It's delightful seeing people come in with, I haven't fallen this week, (laughs) with with, with that, that sense of kind of, Relief and pleasure, and how did that happen? You know, how did what we do here make that happen? Um, and then <laughs> having them come back because of that. Because the, the wonderful thing is that your body gets more organized or you're in less pain. You tend not to notice that. People notice when they hurt more, but when they hurt less, it's, it's, it's sometimes not as conscious. Uh, or when they start being able to do more things. And so that's the joy is when people come in and, and say, you know, this week I was I was digging a hole in the backyard and I was had to figure out how to get my arm deeper down, and that meant I had to lift my other arm. And where, where you hear the, the thinking processing going on as, as people are learning. So I think because going back to my own personal story of uh, being my mom's caregiver when she was coping with Parkinson's and then leading a Parkinson's support group, during those times, I had lots to offer in terms of structure, helping people connect with resources, but didn't have a way to help people feel better on a just a day-to-day basis, to feel in control and a, a little better about their symptoms. And it's really satisfying to be able to to help. So I it, it meets some deep need in me <laughs> to to work with people with Parkinson's. What's interesting, too, Irene, is it sounds like uh, although you obviously deal and help people with uh, many different backgrounds and uh, people who are facing different kinds of medical challenges, it sounds like many people that you deal with do have the symptoms of Parkinson's. 
Um, yes, I, I I think as as I've started to work with a few people, then the word spreads. And but all Feldenkrais practitioners are trained to work with 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 anybody. And when I put we have a a forum where practitioners talk to each other. And when I told people what I was doing, I got lots of mail with, oh, yeah, you know, I'm working with people with Parkinson's here, and I've got a class going here. And there's any Feldenkrais practitioner can can help someone who has Parkinson's. As, as you so said, I, your... I, like, I like the way you say it. I, I'm picking up the subtle difference of people who are currently experiencing the symptoms of Parkinson's. That's a a, a, a nice way to put it. Well, it is, uh, because as you just yeah. described, uh, people obviously are improving dramatically in terms of their ability to function in all all dimensions. And so the reality is uh, there may be certain symptoms that are present today, but that doesn't mean they're going to be present tomorrow, particularly in light of the fact that uh, people are choosing to engage uh, modalities and therapies just as yours is that uh, offers the promise of incredible relief. Yeah, I, I I can't say that that anyone who has come to me as a client has magically gotten rid of every symptom of Parkinson's, but they have a little bit more sense of control and improvement in a variety of areas that are important to them so that the day-to-day quality of life is better. So I, I don't want to make it sound like, like this is a magic bullet that, gets rid of the symptoms because it isn't but right it helps you improve in those core motions and movements and thinking processes that allow you to do what you want to do in your life that's 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 what Feldenkrais has to offer oh that's quite amazing indeed I don't know of any therapy in particular uh, that we have explored uh, through the radio program interviews and guests uh, that does offer any kind of uh, a surety that the, the symptoms will all of a sudden vanish. Uh, but people, uh, as it turns out, who are exploring therapies, and particularly those who are exploring multiple therapies, are discovering uh, that, yes, it is possible to be able to get sustained relief from whatever current symptoms they happen to be confronting. If you'd like to be able to ask Irene a question, now's your last chance. You need to call right now. Connect in and talk with us because we only have a few minutes left uh, in the show. The number that you can call is toll-free, and that's 877-590-0733. If you live in Canada, I just learned this week from Blog Talk Radio that uh, that's uh, actually not a toll-free number. You'll have to call another number, which is 347-945-5358, And you can also always connect through from Skype. So for those of you that don't know about Skype, learn about it. It's a great little Internet telephone network where you can call really anywhere in the world for free. It's S-K-Y-P-E. So if you're connected to your computer, you can sign up for Skype for free. And then if you'd like to be able to call in and talk with our guests, and if you happen to live in countries like Turkey or Israel or Russia or China or Great Britain, 
and are thinking there's no way I could call in and talk to somebody long distance. That's going to cost a fortune. It can be free, but you do have to sign up for Skype, again, which is a free sign-up, and then literally connect through once you're on the Blog Talk Radio page you can connect through Skype and then actually ask questions. Of course, you can always listen to any of the shows from your computer, so you don't have to have Skype to be able to do that. And you can also download any of the radio shows from your computer. What you'll notice when you actually see the listing of radio shows that we have aired through Parkinson's Recovery over the last several years is a most recent listing of shows that have aired. But then you'll have to go down to the bottom of the page and click Previous. When you click the previous little icon, it'll take you to the previous month's shows. And because I've done so many shows now, you'll have to continue to click previous to see all of the different subjects and topics and guests that have been on the show so that you can select which ones you'd like to be able to download. You can listen to the shows at your computer, or you can download them to an MP3 player, and then you can listen to the show while you do your exercises. And if you look back, I think you'll see there have been some esteemed guests that I have had on the show who are very knowledgeable about what they have learned can really help individuals who are currently experiencing the symptoms of Parkinson's. There is another possible way to obtain the free radio shows. You can get any download any of the shows from iTunes, I-T-U-N-E-S dot com. Go to iTunes, and then in the main search window, you simply type in the first word Parkinson's and the second word recovery, and that will pop up all of the shows that have actually been aired. All those downloads, of course, are free. You can see the listing of the topics. It doesn't have the description of the show, but you can see the topics, and from there you can download any of the shows that have actually aired over the last several years. So there are two different possible ways to obtain downloads of the radio shows uh, from the uh, direct radio show page or from iTunes. Uh, if you're confused about, oh, how do I find the radio program page, it's got a little bit difficult uh, URL. You can easily obtain that by simply remembering two words. The first word is Parkinson's. The second word is recovery. Type those two words in any search engine. And what will pop up as the first result is the main website for Parkinson's Recovery, which is parkinsonsrecovery.com. And on that very simple main page at the bottom, you'll see a link to Blog Talk Radio. Simply click on that link, and that will take you to the radio program page. Of course, you can uh, mark that page as a favorite, so therefore you don't have to remember what the address is. Or you can mark the show as a favorite, and so you'll get reminders that we'll, we're on the air just before we air the program. Every show airs now on Wednesday afternoons at 3 o'clock Pacific Time, 6 o'clock Eastern Time. And so if you can remember that, you don't even have to know the topic. You can simply connect in and, of course, talk with any of the guests live. All of the shows, I want to remind everyone, are archived. So you can download any of the shows that have aired and listen to them over and over and over again. Irene Pasternak, I want to thank you 
so much for being our guest on the radio show today. Thank you, Robert. I really appreciate the opportunity. I do want to let anyone who's listening from other countries know that the website to go to is the International Feldenkrais Federation website, which is feldenkrais-method.org, and it has all the member organizations, which then will list the practitioners in Argentina, Australia, Austria, Italy, New Zealand, Norway, uh, Sweden, etc. They're all over the world. There are Feldenkrais practitioners. Again, thank, thank you very you, much Irene. for the opportunity to talk. And thank you. And for those of you that might have been listening to the show later on in the afternoon and evening, if you go back to the beginning, you're going to get a really wonderful 10-minute set of exercises that you can do over and over that will provide you with remarkable improvements in your ability to function. They're simple, they're interesting, they're fun, they're engaging, and they are certainly non-intrusive. So if you've been wondering, what in the world can I do that can give me some relief, some help from whatever symptoms I might be experiencing, hey, you got it today, and it didn't cost a cent. And that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where... All the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that you are on the road to recovery by virtue of the fact that you are listening to this show. This is Parkinson's Recovery. I am Robert Rogers. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining us today. We look forward to connecting with you one week from today, Wednesday afternoon, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Good day.